Hello, and welcome to A Path to Redemption, the podcast. My name is Daniel Arona, and just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. Once again, I hope that you've had a great week. I hope that you've had time to spend with the Lord in prayer and also in His Scripture, because trust me, the day is quickly approaching. And I truly, truly believe that the world is being set up right now for a beast system, for the spirit of the Antichrist to come and ultimately rule this world for a very, very short period of time. Until finally, you know, that Jesus Christ comes and rules and reigns in that millennial kingdom. You know, and I was thinking about this through this week and, and you know, yes, it's it's times that times are crazy, things are getting crazy, and but it's no time to be scared or fearful. Now's the time where we rely on our God. This is where where it's confirmed in the book of Daniel, where those that know their God will do great exploits. And then um, on top of that, we find a trust, we find a, a deeper relationship with who he is. Think about it this way, and let me give you this hope of all the times that any of us have ever been born, could have been born from the 6,000 year history of mankind. You know, we're looking at, we were born now. We were born now to share Christ, to be able to tell people about Christ. I mean, we could have been born in any other age, but no, we were born for such a time as this, you know, just the same way that Esther was. We were being, we were meant to be here at this time because there was a purpose for us, a purpose that Christ wants to accomplish in us, and it's imperative that we be about the work that he has for us. Amen. So and take that encouragement because the the apostles, the the prophets, they dreamed of this time, dreamed of it, that they would be able to live it and see the return of Jesus Christ or be there to usher it in. I you can always picture them leaning over the rail of heaven, looking down at us and and really cheering us on as we kind of come into this last time. So be encouraged. I mean, at the end of the day, the first century church used to actually comfort each other by saying Maranatha and, and looking forward to the return of Christ. You know, we should do the same thing. We should comfort each other knowing that Christ is about to return. But with that, we should also have an urgency about the work that he's given us to do. And that's the part I can't stress enough. If you don't have an urgency about it, then you need to pray. You need to check yourself. You need to watch yourself. Because I'm telling you, if you can't feel it, um, that things are changing, things are different this time, then um, I, I don't know what else to say say to, to convince you. So, But with that all being said, again, housekeeping items, all of our scripture comes from the New King James Bible. If you'd like a copy of a New King James Bible, feel free to drop me a note at pathredemptionohio at gmail.com. Also, um, my book's out, My Grace Abounds, if you want a copy of that, um, feel free to drop me a note uh, at pathredemptionohio at gmail.com. And then also, once again, don't take my word for it. Make sure you're studying to show yourself approved on the God. That's really what you have to do. You got to make sure everything lines up with your spirit, make sure it lines up with scripture, because at the end of the day, you do not want to be tossed to and fro by any wave of doctrine. And I don't care who's teaching you. Um, so just make sure that you're, you're putting in the work as well for you. So with that being said, let's go ahead and let's get started again. We are continuing our study of Jesus Christ um, in the book of Revelation and really going to lay out today and wrap this whole thing up about why the book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. So um, with that, let's take a look at, at him and the rest of Revelation and, and where he really shows up. The next time that we see Jesus, um, we've seen him as our high priest and we've seen him as the lamb. But the next time that we see him is actually in 
in Revelation 10, 1 through 7. And this is what the Bible says. It says, I still saw, I saw still another mighty angel coming down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was on his head. His face was like the sun, and his feet like pillars of fire. He had a little book open in his hand, and he set his right foot on the sea and the left foot on the land, and cried with a loud voice as when a lion roars. When he cried out, seven thunders uttered their voices. <clears throat> now when the seven thunders uttered their voices, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, seal up the things which the seven thunders uttered, and do not write them. The angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raises up his hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are in it, the earth and the things that are in it, and the sea and the things that are in it, that there should be delay no longer, but in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, the mystery of God would be finished, and he, as he declared to his servants, the prophets. Now, here we see an angel, quote-unquote, coming down, but looking at him, we see him clothed very differently than before. This one's clothed with the cloud. Oftentimes, the very presence of God is described as a cloud. The Shekinah glory, we've seen this on Jesus before at the Mount of Transfiguration, when he was transfigured into his rightful image as the second part of the Godhead. See that from Luke 9.34, where it says, While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were fearful. As they entered the cloud, and a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved son, hear him. When the voice had ceased, Jesus was found alone, but they kept quiet and told no one in those days any of the things they had seen. And then here we see the second thing, a rainbow was on his head. This is the covenant that God made with Noah, the Noahide laws that pertain to all man, since all men came from Noah. And God, remember Genesis 9, 12 through 17, and God said, This is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you, and every living creature that is with you. For perpetual generations, I set my rainbow in the cloud, and it shall be for the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. It shall be when I bring a cloud over the earth that the rainbow shall be seen in the cloud, and I will remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. The water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. The rainbow shall be in the cloud, and I will look on it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. The third thing here is that his face shone like the sun. Once again, we've seen this on the Mount of Transfiguration, Matthew 17, 1 through 2. Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, let them, uh, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured b before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Then we see also in Revelation 1, 16, he had in his hand, right hand, Seven stars out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. The fourth thing we see here is his, pillars, his feet are pillars of fire. This is the fire that will purify the earth. They are placed on both the land and the sea. Remember, the rainbow is on his head, meaning that he will not destroy the earth by water, but they're on both the land and the sea, showing his dominion being over the whole earth. He cried with a loud voice as a lion roars. We talked about this last week, about how he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. That was mentioned by the elder. Number six is that he has a little book. And I, I got this part from the Dakes where he says he has an open little book. We just saw him travel several chapters before open the seals of the scroll. By this time, it's open with the judgment of the whole world literally resting in his hands.
So, just as we talked about last time, Christ was given the authority of the kingship when he took the scroll. The moment he took the scroll from the Father, he then takes the authority of the kingship. The seals then began the judgment as only a king can do. Here we see the final piece in the last part of the transition of Christ from high priest to king. He has the scroll and the judgment in his hand. He swears on his father that the mystery of God should be finished. I believe that it's here that the door of grace is closed. This is the last trumpet, the last chance to come into the kingdom. At this point, all that is left is the fullness of the wrath of God in the bull judgments where he pours out his wrath. And then the fullness of the mystery of God was for 6,000 years pointed to the grace of Jesus Christ. Because at the end of the day, everything from Genesis and walking through when we walked through the the creation of the world or how it was remade is is a picture of the redemption of Christ all the way down from the very foundation all the way through to revelation to the to the time where grace ends the whole scripture is really about the revelation of the grace of Jesus Christ that is what the whole bible is about and that's what all 6000 years of history is about but look what happens at the seventh trumpet in revelation 11:15 through 19 it says then the seventh angel sounded and there were loud voices in heaven saying the kingdoms of this world would have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever and the 24 elders who sat before God on their thrones fell on their faces and worshiped God saying we give you thanks O Lord God Almighty the one who is and who was and who is to come because you have taken your great power and reigned the nations were angry and your wrath has come and the time of the dead that they should be judged and that you should reward your servants, the prophets and the saints, and those who fear your name, small and great, and should destroy those who destroy the earth. Then the temple of God was opened in heaven, and the ark of his covenant was seen in his temple, and there were lightnings, noises, thunderings, and earthquake, and great hail. The temple of God here is literally opened in heaven, and the fullness of the ark of the covenant is seen in his temple. You see, that's the fullness of grace and reconciliation. That is the mystery of Jesus Christ. That is the mystery that was set forth from the foundation. It is about the grace of Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. The next time we see Christ, though, is in Mount Zion, and it's with 144,000 Jews after they have been raptured after the seventh trumpet. And it says, Then I looked in Revelation 14, 1 through 5, it says, Then I looked, and behold, a lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, like the voice of many waters, and like the voice of, of loud thunder. And I heard the sound of a harpist playing their harps. They saying as it were a new song before the throne before the four living creatures and the elders and no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth these are the ones who were not defiled with women for they are virgins these are the ones who follow the lamb wherever he goes these were redeemed from among men being first fruits to god and to the lamb and in their mouth was found no deceit for they are without fault before the throne of god you see here he had to be the lamb for them to see redemption as the first fruits of Israel to God and to the Lamb. From this point forward, though, we will only see Christ as King.
So in Revelation 14, 14 through 16 says, Then I looked and behold a white cloud, and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and his hand in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the throne, Thrust in your sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. He so he who sat on the cl- on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. As Christ thrusts in his sickle, as king and judge of this earth, he reaps the tares as he told us he would. Remember, we know this from Matthew 13, 37 through 43, where he said, he answered and said to them, He who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. But the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the the age. So he's talking about the end of this age right now, the end of the church age. And the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned into the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let them hear. Now, I want to point back to you the part where it says, The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom. All the things that offend. The moment he took that scroll meant that Jesus Christ was now King of Kings and Lord of Lords and dominion had been given to him over the earth, right? And here is the first time that we are going to see him truly exercise that authority when he thrusts his sickle in and he is going to begin judging as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I think that we have to understand that, right? Because the book of Revelation ultimately is the revelation of the fullness of Christ, but it is his transition from high priest, which is who he is now, to King of Kings and Lord of Lords on this earth. Now, if you had a people, if you come in and you become king, and you have a people that are in full-blown rebellion against you, at that moment in time, what do you have to do? You've got a clean house. You've got to bring judgment to those people. You've got to judge one way or another who you're going to keep and who you're not going to keep. You've got to get them to the point where they're going to, if they're going to be in the fullness of iniquity and rebellion against him, unfortunately, they have to be judged. And that's what we're seeing here, right? That's the purpose. That's why I know a lot of people call this the apocalypse. or the It is apocalyptic writing and it's Armageddon and all of that stuff. But what this is, is it's a king judging righteously against a people that have rebelled against him as he is setting up and establishing his kingdom here on this earth. And we have to understand that. So all of this leads to Christ being the end all be all for all the nations of the earth. And we see that in Revelation 19, 11 through 16, where, it, where John says, now I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God. And the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen 
white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now, let's look at this picture of him. The things that were the same from him as high priest. His eyes were still flames of fire, and out of his mouth still came a sharp sword. But there are new things here, too. He is wearing many crowns. He is now clothed with a robe, not of not a linen ephod, but a robe that has been dipped in his own blood that brings the purification and redemption that he bought with us, that he paid the price for us, that we may follow him on our own white horses at that point in time and just be there for part of the show right he is established as the fullness of the word of god he is the completion of the word from the very beginning of the foundations of the earth in genesis 1 1 all the way up through the last verse in revelation right and then written on his thigh is king of kings and lord of lords he has finally transitioned to being the, having that title on this earth for everyone he is going to rule and reign with a rod of iron and he will tread out the wine press the fierceness and wrath of the almighty God. That is his purpose. He is now a king that must judge a rebellious nation and a rebellious world. And we see him now as a king after the order of Melchizedek. He is the fullness of the high priest. He is the fullness of the lamb. And he is the fullness of king right? Hallelujah. How amazing is that going to be? Notice once again, the armies of the Lord are clothed in fine linen, white and clean. This is because they are priests that will work the kingdom. Just as we are called to be a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, we will be king priests there that will rule and reign with him through this time, through the millennial kingdom. And we all have our purpose to the things that God wants us to do. The book of Revelation is the fullness of who Christ is. He is the Lamb. He is the High Priest, and He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But He cannot be King without being the High Priest. And there is no way for Him to be the High Priest unless He was not first the Lamb and paid the price for it all on the cross. Amen. The fullness of the revelation of Christ is in those three things. This is why we are blessed when we read the book of Revelation, right? Because we understand that because of who Christ is, because of all the things that he has become, all the things that he has done, then then at that point, at that point, we can see who he truly is and what the work of the cross really was and what he's been trying to do with us, right? The rest of it, the the ten seal or the seven seals, the seven trumpets, the seven bowls of wrath are all judgment of a just king establishing his kingship and establishing his true kingdom on this earth. Look, it's terrible. It is terrible. It's it's absolutely terrible, but he has to. Why? Because people have rejected him. And as a king, you cannot take that type of rejection and rebellion or else it would destabilize the entire nation or the entire kingdom. And Christ will not deal with that. It is just not in his nature not to do that. And it's not being a just king if he does. But at the end of the day, we know 
that Jesus Christ is going to establish himself in the millennial kingdom and be our king of kings and lord of lords. And then guess what happens? He turns around. He he reigns from, for a thousand years. Satan is loosed out of the bottomless pit. There's a quick rebellion. That is squashed. And then all of a sudden we have the new heaven and the new earth when the lamb, which is Jesus, and the father are going to literally live with us and dwell in uh, with us in the new heaven and the new earth, right? With all dominion eventually being pushed back to the Father. And we know that from 1 Corinthians 15, 20 through 28, where it says, But now Christ has risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as, sin, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive, but each one in his own order. Christ the first fruits, afterward those who are Christ at his coming, then comes the end. When he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and all power, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. For he has put all things under his feet when he says all things are put under him. It is evident that he who put all things under him is accepted. Now, when all things are made subject to him, that is Jesus, then the Son himself will also be subject to him who put all things under him, that God may be all in all. Amen. So what's going to happen is that he's going to have the kingdom, he's going to have the new heaven, the new earth, and he is going to turn around and he is going to hand it right back to his father so that God may be the all and all right. Think about that for a second. How amazing is that? And see, that's, that's what Jude was alluding to in Jude 24, when it says now to him, who was able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Amen. Jesus Christ is going to transition from high priest to be King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And when it's all said and done, he is going to turn around and give it all back to his father. Amen. So that God can be all in all. Amen. How amazing is that? And how phenomenal is that? The authority that Jesus or that the father laid out and turned around and gave to Adam in the garden when he gave him dominion over the whole earth is going to be turned around and given right back to him by his own son who paid the price to be elevated at his right hand. Amen. Look, the book of Revelation is not something to be feared. The book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It is the revelation of who he is. It is the revelation of his transition from lamb to high priest to king of kings. And the wrath and the judgments that you see poured out are all all because of, of the king becoming king, right? He's got to become king. He has to. He's got to be sure that he transitions himself and establishes his kingship, and he cannot allow any type of rebellion. That's why he rules with a rod of iron. That's why the judgments in the book of Revelation happen. When he rules with a rod of iron, iron, that means that his judgment will be swift, it will be quick, and it will be just. And we've got to understand that there will be people that survive through the tribulation that will not believe. Grace Grace is not offered to them. They are not in the dispensation of grace, but they are in the dispensation of the kingdom. And they will die during the millennial kingdom. But those of us that believe now, we will rule and reign with him forever. Amen. 
But at the end of the day, we want to go now versus later, right? Because remember, you were born for such a time as this. You were born to be here right now. And you were born for a purpose, for a purpose. Amen. So remember that. Remember that as you're going out and you need to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you need people to be aware of who Christ is and what he has done in your life. Share it boldly. Go out and proclaim who Jesus is because guess what? He is coming soon. And for those of us that that may not go up in the rapture, We've got to make sure that, you know, we're prepared to lay down our life for Jesus Christ. And frankly, we should be anyway, because we just don't know how bad this world's going to get or how bad the, the, the secular world in particular is going to get and where they may come after us as Christians and see the same persecution that our brothers and sisters in Iran and China see on a daily basis, right? Look, I hope you got something out of this study. I think it's an important study, but don't be afraid of the book of Revelation, Make sure you read it, understand it, right? And if you have questions, drop me a note at pathredemptionohio at gmail.com. I'm more than happy to help you. I have quite a few people that text me and call me through the week that ask for help when it comes to scripture. I got no problem telling you what I think, researching things out and digging it out because I, I think it's important. But when you read it, you'll be blessed. Do not be afraid of it. Amen. At the end of the day, it's the revelation of the fullness of who Christ is. So with that being said, we'll see where the Lord wants to take us next week. Um, But with that being said, just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you. Jesus loves you. And the Holy Spirit loves you. God bless.